You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday to you all. Hope you all are doing fantastic. The weekend is here, but plenty to get to ahead on this episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. Brian, is there a scrimmage tomorrow for the Utah football program? Jake, sources confirmed to me that there is indeed a scrimmage for the University of Utah football team, and we're all invited. We are? Nope. (laughs) Not a chance. Well, we're going to try and, you know, figure out what we might be watching or looking for if we were to be in attendance at that scrimmage. We'll also catch you up on everything else going on in University of Utah news out there. The women's soccer team opening their season in victorious fashion. So there's a lot to get to ahead on today's show. And also, we're going to address your guys' questions. We threw it out on Twitter earlier this week. I addressed some of them earlier in the week, but there are many more that we still need to hit on, so we'll hit on all of that ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our friends over the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, which Brian happens to be a co-host of every so often. Cindy Robinson has you covered every single day with everything going on in the Pac-12. Get it wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. All right, let's have some fun, though, right here on a Friday. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 20th, 2021. Again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast, your only podcast focused on University of Utah athletics every single day. I'm Jay Catch, joined as always by my fearless co-host, Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair himself. Brian, how are you, sir? Jake, I'm doing well. We made it through another week, and you know the best part about that is that we're one week closer to actually watching a Utah football team participate in football activities. And if that doesn't get the blood flowing, then you need to drink some more Mac sauce. <laughs> good, good call. Good call on that one, uh, Ute Daddy, uh, by the way, with the with the contribution on that front. But having a good time here on a Friday. And, Brian, the University of Utah football program, they're going to have their second scrimmage of training camp tomorrow, scheduled at Rice Eccles Stadium. Uh, obviously, there are other factors outside their control that could cause issues with that, most notably the air quality index. The hope is that all the rain that we have received this week will make it so they can still hold that scrimmage. But honestly, Brian, what would we expect to see if we were you know, so lucky to be able to be inside the friendly confines of RES to watch that scrimmage? Well, I think that's the the question on everybody's mind is what could we possibly watch there? I think for me personally, Jake, the one thing I'm going to be watching with a very intent eye, and I think everybody else is super curious to find out, who is the third string center? I'm just dying to find it out right now. No, of course it's going to be the quarterback battle, right? Yeah. We want to see what the differences between Charlie Brewer and Cameron Rising are right now. You know, we haven't been able to see them participate one-on-one, 1v1, I should say, uh, mano y mano, as the uh, Latins like to say. But you know what? Most of the team probably hasn't been able to see that either, as, as the word on the street is, is that they've they've you know kind of divvied up the reps and 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 wiggled some things around as, and whatnot. And so, 
other than scrimmages together, it's been a little bit of a different style. And I think we, if, if you were to ask me my prediction or, or what I would want to, to look for, my biggest differences are who can move the offense consistently. Who does the best job of keeping those drives going? Who does the best job of keeping the ball in their possession and marching down the field? I think we saw that from Charlie Brewer in the spring a little bit. Does Cameron Rising have some sort of skill set, or is he seeing things better that's allowing him to do that better to where he actually can beat out Charlie Brewer? It's also strange that we talk about Brewer as such an incumbent, right? Like, like. In theory, it should have been uh, Cam Rising had it had there not been an injury, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was just there was so much conversation about Charlie Brewer this, Charlie Brewer that, and Cam Rising was just like, "Nope, I'm going to throw out, throw that all out the window. You're going to have to talk about me now." Yeah, no, and that that's the interesting part about all this. One thing I would be looking for personally is I would want to see all four of these running backs. I, I just want to see them all in action. Uh, Kyle Whittingham has talked about the fact how all four of them have distinct skill sets, and the hope is that they can kind of meld all four of them and get the ideal production out of that. But I would just want to see all four of them and see how good they look running between the tackles, all that stuff, just to get a look at that. And I guess the other thing that I'd be looking for, this is just me I'd be looking at the secondary particularly the safety spot Uh, it sounds like they have four guys they feel like they're comfortable with but similar to the running back position you just want to see them out there getting a run and see how they actually look yeah it's I think it's hard because you hear so much chatter coming during these interviews and and we want to see how good Tavion Thomas really is right Mm -hmm. I also want to see how they're using him I want to see how they're using Makai Bernard I want to see what Chris Curry's good at other than running the ball like, you know, a, a boulder down a mountain. Uh, I want to see if TJ Pledger is is lining up in the slot maybe a little bit more. How is all that integrating with Brant Keithy? Because you've got one of the best tight ends in the country and one of the best in the Pac-12 as well, which that sounds like it's backwards. But when you look at the number of really elite level tight ends here in the Pac-12, it's kind of not. How are you using him? How are you getting his skill sets involved? Because I think that's an important part of it as well. Uh, you know, as long as we're talking about things that we'd want to see, uh, you know, we're going down the list. I want to see Theo Howard. I want to see yeah. how good he is in, in his routes and, and how much he really does open up the offense. We've kind of seen some things sprinkled here and there. It looked like he posted a, a catch on Instagram that they think he snuck up there the other day. I don't know if it's still there may have been uh, removed or he may have been kindly asked to uh, hold, pull that back, that bad boy back down. It's hard to say with that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I think the other big question mark on everybody's mind, and it's, it's, it's weird that we're going through these obvious ones, but I think they're really still unanswered and really important is what does the offensive line look like? You know, like who's starting at tackle on the left side and on mm-hmm. the right? Is Jaron Kump even in pads? You know, that was the nice thing about being able to watch a little practice is even though we weren't allowed to comment on practice for the most part, cough, cough, someone um, <laughs> who shall re- remain nameless, uh, who, who really ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we could see guys who, that were in the pit, and we had an idea if people were asking questions of like, eh, yeah, we can't really talk about that. You know what I mean? And so we don't know any of that right now. 
Yeah, and that that's the thing about it is just we're not going to be able to see it. Honestly, we're we're uh, under two weeks away from that season opener. Crazy to think about this, Brian. Two weeks from now, you and I will be recapping a season opening victory over Weber State. That is crazy to think about, but it's coming fast, folks, and looking forward to that. That's a lot of confidence there, Jacob Hatch. Are you sure? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Is, is Jay Hill going to try and really break the hearts of Utah fans right out the gate? Yeah, well, he's going to oh, try. Oh, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Jay Hill's going to try everything he can. You know, he may he may go with the old Ronnie Mack, you know, rabbit's foot in the one pocket and magic sand in the other if he has to. But I think this is, uh, it is what it is, right? It's it's a money game for Weaver State and a, champ, a chance for them to really measure how good they need to be. And for Utah, it's a warm-up game. And, um uh, I have mixed feelings about that because on one hand, I think that fans having to pay hard-earned money to see a, a game should actually get a game. Sure. I also, you know, uh, understand that Weber State needs money too, and uh, you know, if, if you got to play a charity game, so to speak, uh, charity is the wrong word, but like an endowment type of game, you know, where they get a little bit more. Uh, I got no problem with that. I just wish that it was, you know, a week before and we got a real game as part of the schedule. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, by the way, this brings us to a question. We're going to get to as many questions as we can today on the show. This comes in from our good friend Cycling Ute 22 He says, what is this hollow feeling in my chest, and will Utah football feel it? Uh, Cycling Ute, I, I'm fairly confident in saying, yes, it will fill that hole. Just give it 13 days from here, and I think you'll be, you'll be feeling pretty good. Yeah, listen, I think we're all dealing with that right now, and you're probably listening to this podcast and being like, come on, Brown Bear, give us something decent to talk about or listen to or any kind of conversation. Quit talking about all whackers and Mac sauce. It's a double drop there. Uh, <laughs> second one's for free there, you daddy. Uh, hey. But it's hard, right? Hey, like, I have all these questions and no way to really answer them. I can't tell you what I'm seeing. You know, so we're just going to keep bantering back and forth and coming up with imaginary takes that we want to see during the game. And, uh, yes, that hole in our hearts will be filled eventually, but we have to wait. This is The bill always comes due, Jake, and, and this is that point in the year where we have to pay the bill. Yeah, uh, by the way, Riley Jensen's right there. Um, the whole first team all whacker will never die on the Zone Sports Network. So good company uh, to be in. So just. I mean, the, the lawn father of all people should understand the importance of an all-whacker. Jeez, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we'll get to more of these questions here momentarily. Uh, some good stuff coming, and we'll touch on those. But first, Brian, let's talk about a company that you and I both love, and that's our good friends over at Built Bar. Uh, by the way, Brian, did you see the new flavor that dropped this week? No. <laughs> Jake, this is, this is so... <laughs> I, I try not to overextend myself and, and talk too much about how busy I am. This is how busy I am. I didn't even know there's a new Bill Bar flavor. Yeah, pistachio. And Ooh. I got to tell you, folks, um, any of you who have had pistachio ice cream or anything pistachio flavored, it's really good when it's good. And I trust that Built Bar has done this right. I've not tried it yet. I did order it. I'm expecting it to show up any moment now, like literally, and looking forward to try that. But the best part about Built Bars, Brian, and I think I, I'm speaking for both of us when I say this, they're incredibly delicious, but more importantly, they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar per bar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. It's like the perfect health snack if you if that's what you're looking for. 
It is, and another handy part about Built Bar is if you have a Built Bar addiction like the both of us do have, you get Built Bar rewards, yep. and sometimes you can get a box of pistachio for even cheaper. It's just why one reason why Built Bar really is the best. Yeah, use the promo code LOCKED15, by the way, at Built.com when you place that or you'll get 15% off, and I'll start building those rewards points up as well. So take advantage of it now. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and like Brian and I, get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Diving back into the mailbag here on Locked On Utes. And Brian, I think we got a really good question here from UT Fly Fisherman. And I actually really like this question. It's more of a general broad perspective on the Pac-12 as a whole. But here's the question. Who's the Pac-12 opponent this year that we aren't talking about that we should be worried about? Ooh. I'm pretty sure that I've been vocal about Oregon State. Uh, Well, that's the thing. Oregon State... Jonathan Smith has done a good job rebuilding that program from the ashes, and it's nothing against Gary Anderson, but he left that program in pretty rough shape, and Jonathan Smith has come in and really turned things around. Oregon State is a very good answer, Brian. Uh, one other team that I think could be very frisky if you're if given the right set of circumstances, and it would have to be the right set of circumstances, but it's another team in the north. It's Washington State. Yeah, it, you know, I think that the the Cougs, the other Cougs, um, are showing some things right now in camp that are a little surprising. That the defense has actually kind of leapt ahead a little bit up there, and some additions through the transfer portal are starting to pay off. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I know that they're still trying to decide on a quarterback. It seems like Cam and Cooper has upped the game a little bit between. Uh, once was a thought to be a competition between Jaden Delora and uh, Jarrett Garantano. Garantano, yeah, you got it. Garantano. We're good with names on the Locked On Youth Podcast and the Locked On Pac-12. It's a theme. No, we're not. (laughs) We do our best. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, I but I'm with, I think yeah, Oregon State, Washington State, like I said, the, with the Crimson Cougs, it would take very much I think the right set of circumstances, but it's just they're, they're one of those teams that yeah, you can kind of get overlooked and if given the opportunity, they could be quite dangerous. So, we'll see uh if you guys have answers to that and want to weigh in, feel free to tweet at us. Locked on Utes, love to hear from you guys at Brown Bear SLC at Jacob C Hatch. Love your guys' opinions. Other questions coming in here, Brian. Uh, one coming in from our good friend, the Aggie fan, Dan. says, I know what Jake Hatch will say, crying laughing emoji, but I want to know who you think I should cheer for in the Holy War this year, eyeball emoji. Ooh, you should cheer for your belly because it's going to get a cougar tail if you're going to the game. Yeah, that's not a bad idea right there, absolutely. Uh, P.S., by the way, if anybody on this podcast wants to happen, you know, go see the Utes and the Cougars play. Uh, I happen to have a pair of tickets I'm giving away. It's been kind of geared towards a certain other podcast that I host. But if you have an interest, you know, send me an email and let me know why you think you deserve them. I'd be happy to <laughs> enter you into the contest. Yeah, that, I, I want to see some really convincing entries from Utah fans as to why they deserve Tickets from a BYU podcast. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be pretty funny. Phenomenal. It'd be pretty funny. I I I well, I have a lot of faith in our listeners, Jake. I'll yeah. be honest. Locked on BYU at gmail.com if you do want to enter for a pair of tickets uh, to that game on September 11th. All right, other uh, questions here, Brian. Uh, Christian Judd, and this one it hits a little closer to home, but 
What's the over-under on how many tears will be shed on September 2nd, 2021 at Rice-Eccles Stadium? Mm. That sounds like the kind of question that a uh, doctor of podcasting might ask. Well, I'm 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 the doctor of podcasting, but this is or answer I should. Say. This is a legit doctor who asked this question because Christian Judd. And by the way, uh, Aggie fan Dan had a good response. He said, "I had first had to do a double take because I figured there would be no sadness after creaming Weber State. Then it hit me with the uh, tear shed emoji, and I think that really the the what's going to happen as they honor the life and legacy of Ty Jordan. Whew, I. Yeah. yeah, I don't even. Like, I was told there would be no math, Jake. Uh-huh. And and you add that into the equation. Let's go ahead and oh, it, that's it, a big number. They're going to be a lot of tears shed. There's no doubt about let's, that. Let's just say if we donated a dollar for every tier, I don't think we would have to pay for football tickets anymore <laughs> for anybody. Probably a good point there. So, uh, good question. But yeah, it is going to be one of those moments that I think a lot of people can remember where they were at when that uh, ceremony takes place. All right, on to other topics now, though. At Red SLC 1012, ask this question. It seems like the only position that has not seen a recent recruiting bump is the offensive line. And, Brian, this is right up your alley. Am I crazy? And what needs to happen to get those four-star guys? Oh, boy. How long is this podcast supposed to be, Jake? Well, we're currently sitting around the 15-minute uh, mark, so you got about 15 minutes. Go. Perhaps the most fascinating part about looking at the the other rosters and doing the Locked on Pac-12 podcast is seeing the camp reports from other teams and seeing offensive line prospects that the University of Utah had targeted early and often playing for their competitors. And that's part of the reason, right? You've got to beat out Washington, UCLA. You've got to beat out USC. Uh, oh, and by the way, you've got to be out Stanford and Cal for some of the best recruits on the West Coast. Oh, and by the way, Stanford, USC, uh, uh, UCLA, Oregon, you know, throw an Oregon in there, Washington. Guess who's produced some of the best offensive linemen in the last few years? Oh, yep, that's them. Oh, also, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, Jake, but Ohio State likes to come into our backyard and take offensive line recruits as well. They've done a great job of actually taking offensive line recruits from the state of Utah and turning them into NFL players. So now all of a sudden you're competing with some of the most elite of the elites in the country to try and get recruits, right? So twofold. One, you either have to go through other means to get your recruits up to par Utah's done that, right? They've gone for some projects. They've gone for some under-the-radar guys. They've gone through some development stuff. They've also been hampered by injuries. So some of this is just making sure that not five or six of your recruits in in the span of two years don't retire due to medical injuries. Yeah, We can go through the names. Tucker Scott, uh, Scott, uh, uh, Johnny Capra. uh, Oh, there's a whole list of them. I I have it somewhere, but I'm not prepared. Oh, my gosh, terrible. Um, But long story short, uh, two things need to happen. One, you need to continue to build your program and develop these under-the-radar guys, um, number one. Number two, You've got to start beating out your rivals for them. And and it's really, really hard. You know, for example, Utah went after Sean Ryan, who I think is probably going to be the Panay Sewell of the Pac-12 this year. I know that everybody loves the Washington left tackle. But listen, I watched Sean Ryan for a long time, and I watched him do things at the high school level that I haven't seen college tackles do. And, and so I have a lot of enthusiasm for his game. 
those are the guys that you have to land, right? And yeah. and they've done that to to a degree with Garrett Bowles, uh, you know, Kingsley Sumataya uh, went to Oregon. That's a guy you got to get. So I think some it's probably twofold, right? Like twenty twenty four should be the class that everybody needs to circle, and that's really the class that Utah has to zero in here in state and really knock it out of the park. Isaiah Garcia, a good prospect, you know, that's going to be highly rated. Uh, we've already seen that Isaac Wilson is a twenty twenty four prospect with four stars. Uh, he's a quarterback, not an offense lineman, but the, but the number of offensive linemen for 2024 is, is so deep. And so I think it's twofold. You've got to be able to get the in-state guys to stay home. That can be really difficult. I think Utah's actually got a good shot with Garcia, as I mentioned. I think he'll be a four- or five-star as soon as he gets rated. Uh, his older brother is a walk-on at the University of Utah. So Utah's already started that pipeline. You know, I, Whether they know it or not, um, I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, so I'm wandering here a little bit, but it, that's, there's just, uh, it's got to happen somehow. Like it, it's not like wide receivers where you just start piping them to the NFL and guys come right. Like offensive line so different because there's only a few guys out there that are really that good. Utah's done excellent at identifying them and getting in on them early. Now it's time to close. And I think they did that with our, uh, with our guy, Zeroya, Zero, Zero, Zeroy. Zero way. Zero way. Williams. Zero way. Zero Williams. way. Williams, yep. who they're always call, already calling Agent Z. If you've been in camp for a month and you already have a nickname and it's a nickname like Agent Z, that's a good sign. So, some of it is coming. Some of it is 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 the recruiting rankings are just never going to match up with what Utah has to do to get linemen right now. And some of it is that in the future, you've really got to solidify those in-state classes and keep guys home because that's what you found success doing previously. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And it, it, it is an interesting debate. There, there is absolutely no doubt there. All right, Brian, one final question here coming in from our good friend Highlights. You, Dustin, asking the question, I'm worried that I might party too hard when Utah goes to the college football playoff. What can I do to avoid making big mistakes while we party? Well, I've got your answer for you right here, Highlights. You, I'm your DD. I got your back. That right there, I think, is the answer that everybody needs to have is, is uh, follow the Jake Hatch example be be the the designated dr pepper drinker at home so that dustin can get out there and party yeah we'll we'll have some fun if they do make it there's no doubt about that all right coming up here momentarily we'll wrap up the week here on the podcast the other news and notes that you need to know as a utah fan as we close out this edition of the podcast but first let's talk about our friends over at bet online brian it's that time of year we've been talking a lot of football and all eyes are now turning to the football season as both the nfl and college teams are on the gridiron to start their football season and as always Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your pro and college football action this season. Brian, I've been checking out different odds for teams in the Pac-12. I checked out Utah's odds, some over-under numbers for them. What are you leaning towards? Are you going to be doing parlays again this fall? What are you leaning towards this fall? Parlay all day. Parlay all day. I think parlays are the way to go, my man. Like I love a good Saturday parlay. It's a great way to hit on a couple things without not without spending a lot of money. But here's the good thing about going to betonline.ag, Jake. I bet you didn't know this. If you use the promo code locked on, you get a bonus. You do. You get a welcome bonus. That's the best part about it. And I bet that welcome bonus, everybody out there listening thinks it's probably like what, 50%? Yes. But apparently we have breaking news here. <sighs> 100% welcome bonus, according to what we are hearing now. 
Whoa! Imagine that. And so with that 100% bonus, you thread it on a couple Saturday parlays. Boom, baby. We're in the money. Yeah, so give it a shot, folks. BetOnline.ag is the place to go. Sign up for a free account. Like we mentioned, use promo code LOCKEDON for that welcome bonus. By the way, they have a really cool bet right now. It's called their Super Promo, Opening Day Super Promo. If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. There's no risk to bet on that game. So give it a shot, folks. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag online.ag as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, a few things to touch on before we go here on this Friday edition of Locked on Utes. Brian, let's start off with, you know, an actual game that counts in the standings last night. Uh, University of Utah women's soccer program, Hideki Nakata making his debut as the head coach of the women's soccer program and in winning fashion. 3-1 winners over the University of Portland for the Lady Utes. Big way to start off the season. It's always great when you can get your new head coach a win and against a program that in Portland that's, as you were telling me, is actually not that shabby. Yeah, the West Coast Conference has got a pretty strong tradition in soccer. By the way, Santa Clara out of the WCC won the women's uh, women's college soccer national title this past spring. A lot of strong soccer in that conference in Portland has been one of the traditional powers there. So this is this is not a win that you're like, okay, whatever. No, this is a pretty notable win. So congratulations to the women's soccer program. Uh, I think it's a very impressive victory for them. Yeah, and, and anytime you can start a year off with a win, I think that's a great start. Uh, a convincing win at that. It looked like they really didn't have a lot of problems with the uh, – uh, Portland, uh, oh boy. Pilots. Pilots. I just want to call everything in Oregon the Beavers. That's probably not a great idea. That's yeah, probably not a great idea. But nonetheless, a big win all the same. The Utes will remain at home for their second matchup this weekend. They'll be hosting Boise State at Ute Field at 3 o'clock Mountain Time on Sunday. Uh, it'll be on the Pac-12 Networks, also a live stream on utahutes.com if you want to watch it there. So best of luck to them as they take on the Boise State Broncos. Now other topics here, Brian, include men's golf. You and I have become huge fans of men's golf, and it's not just because we want to get into that facility and you know, play around, but they had a really, really good season this past year, and they just announced their 2021-2022 schedule, and they're going to be very busy across this coming fall and spring. Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch. There's a lot of strong returners for this group, uh, a roster that I really like, highlighted by Tristan Mander, who qualified for the NCAA championships as an individual, uh, notched the Utes' highest finish on record after tying for 17th overall. But he joins uh, the freshman Javier Barcos, who, who had a great season as well. Uh, we're excited to see what Blake Tomlinson does as he returns. And Jesper von Rietz. Uh, the freshman from Sweden. Great Not, name. N- yes. Oh, what a what a name. Yeah. Oh, and see, let's let's just kind of highlight where they're going to be playing. The Maui Gym Invitational in Scottsdale, Arizona. They're going to go to Denver. They're going to go to South Bend, Indiana for the Notre Dame Collegiate. This is all in the fall schedule. The Oregon State Invitational up in Corvallis, and then finish off their fall season playing at the U of Pacific Invitational in Stockton, California. And then in the spring season, oh, they're going to Hawaii, Las Vegas. Oh, Bandon Dunes, by the way, in March. Eugene, Oregon for the Duck Invitational. And then ASU Thunderbird, which is actually one of the biggest golf 
golf tournaments in men's golf. Uh, it's at Papago Golf Club down there in Phoenix. And then the Pac-12 Championships in late April will be at Aldera Golf Club in near Seattle, Washington. This is a really fun schedule for the Utes. Yeah, not only are you playing golf for your scholarship, but you're playing at some of the best courses on the West Coast. Yep. So, uh, really, Jake, I think we both did it wrong. We probably should have started out with golf from the very get-go. Uh, but you know what? Uh, maybe maybe they'll need some baggage help for that John A. Burns Invitational down there at Wailua Golf Club. My, my dad has had me golfing since I was six years old. Uh, he actually had a hope at one point that I was going to play collegiate golf, but – Never panned out for me, but I'm with you. If we can, you know, just happen to stow away on that trip, I'm all for it. So we'll see what we can pull off. It's fine. Being a podcast host is basically the same thing. That's why I got into podcasting, because I couldn't make it as an athlete. All right. Well, last thing here, Brian, is the running Utes had their Pac-12 matchups announced. It's essentially what they're doing is they kind of laid out the, the series when teams will be coming to Salt Lake City versus when the Utes will be on the road. And Overall, what is your takeaway from this announcement from the Pac-12? The interesting part about it, you get a return trip from USC and UCLA, but not a trip to L.A. to play the Bruins. So no visits to Poly Pavilion for the Utes this year. Kind of an interesting scheduling quirk. You will play at USC on Wednesday, December 1st. That's part of this new conference initiative to play 20 actual games. But it's different that Utah is not playing a Pac-12 South opponent uh, on their home floor. And and at that, one of the best, uh, I think, returning opponents in UCLA. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So in a way, it's a blessing, but obviously you want to face the best and uh, you only get one crack at the Bruins, it appears, in this upcoming season. Obviously a potential in the Pac-12 tournament that you could face off against UCLA once again. But, Brian, I'm just going to say one thing. We're almost out of time here. It is my opinion, and this is just me speaking, if you're going to go with this 20-game schedule, add two more. Go to 22, make it a true home-and-home for all 12 teams in the conference. I think two more games is not all that much to ask. And let's be honest, if you're scheduling the likes of a Texas Southern out there, I think you could do two more Pac-12 games and be just as well. That's just me. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, and especially when you consider that the Utes are opening against Abilene Christian, and and some of these games on the on the schedule are not really. It's not that hard to add two more games, right? Like, yeah. like especially for for Pac-12 opponents, and it's a good enough basketball conference now, and I think especially moving forward that it's worth it. Like, I really like watching Pac-12 basketball. I don't necessarily love watching college basketball. <laughs> uh, Monday nights on the ACC, I'm still working to get into that. Watching a Big Ten basketball, you know, our good friend Big Ten Ben, he, he tried to get me on board with the Purdue Boilermakers. We'll see how that works out. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, I've, I'm all in on the Pac-12 basketball scene, so let's play as many games as possible out there. Yeah, that's just my personal opinion. You guys can feel free to disagree with me, but I just think if you're going to do 20 games, just go to 22 and just have the true home and home across the spectrum there. All right, that is going to do it. Brian, as is customary, you got some words of wisdom for us on our way out here. Got to get down on Friday, Jake. So go have yourself a great lunch. Go get yourself an afternoon soda uh, and and make sure that the ribs are low and slow 
when you start them off on Saturday morning. That's what we like to hear. All right, folks, have a great weekend. Love being with you guys every day talking Utes. We will be back next week catching up on how things went in the scrimmage, obviously based off the comments that the coaches will make. We'll touch on that on Monday. But until then, this has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 20th, 2021.